You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 185. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. It is amazing to me how one word in a song can send me on a journey through scripture and teach me so much. Elevation Worship's song, O Come to the Altar, will lead us on a journey through scripture this week to learn more about two altars mentioned in scripture, what their purpose was, what they represented, and how it just might change our perspective. So before we journey through scripture this week, let's listen. Are you hurting broken within overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling have you come to the end of yourself sure what you envision when you sing this song. Um, I'm going to sneak in a few not related to altars, but something that has really been on my mind and will probably show up in a podcast again soon thoughts. (laughs) So our song starts out with the lyrics, are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? And I've been pondering uh, the severity of sin lately. It's probably the books I've been reading, some of the conversations I've been having. I think I've known the hurting and broken within part, but I've always seemed to push away from being overwhelmed by my sin part. <laughs> and I know why, because I, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. I don't like to be wrong. I don't, I don't know about you, but I really don't like to be wrong. And I know that sin is super ugly on other people. And so if I dare to turn and look in the mirror, um, I might just might see my own disfiguration. So I stick my fingers in my ears, la 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 la, and I confess the quote unquote big sins in my life, and I press forward. And those of you who are press forward kind of people get me. And then I know that there's a whole other group of you who are the dwell in it sort of people. And you may very well have been overwhelmed by the weight of your sin to the point where there's no forward movement at all. But here's the truth. Sin is awful and ugly and God hates it. And it is the opposite of what he designed in the beginning. It is the opposite of who he is because he is truth and sin lies. He is compassionate and sin is judgmental. He is selfless, and sin is self-centered. So bit by bit, God is revealing to me the severity of sin. And bit by bit, he is revealing to me the severity of my sin. And oh boy, 
Is it uncomfortable? But then it's freeing because God has a plan that he wants to accomplish through us that he can't accomplish as long as our sin stands in the way. And as long as we keep making excuses for it and justifying it, and I'm really sorry, but uh, then that sin will continue to stand in the way. And I don't want that. You know, Ephesians says that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. And I'm encouraged by that. But he wants to purify us from all unrighteousness first. And that is done through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and the act on our part of confession of our sins. But our song is right. Jesus is calling us to the altar for forgiveness and worship and prayer. And so we're going to study two different altars today. The word for altar is mentioned over 400 times in the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about two different altars, the bronze altar, or some translations call it the brazen altar, and the altar of incense. Now the brazen altar was the place for burning animal sacrifices in the tabernacle that God instructed the Israelites to to build after the exodus uh, from Egypt. So we're going to see this altar, this brazen altar, as the altar of forgiveness. And then the altar of incense is a place of prayer and worship. You see, incense was a symbol of the prayers and intercession on behalf of the people going up to God as a sweet fragrance. And God wanted his dwelling to be a place where people could approach him and pray to him. Now, we're going to use the bite, the Bible interaction tool exercise this week of studying a topic, obviously, altar. And we're also going to use the bite of studying the historical context of that topic as well. And um, I want it to change the way you think about approaching God, approaching the altar. Okay. And it's not the altar that you might be thinking in your mind, like a physical place at the front of the church, but you'll begin to see what I'm talking about as we detail it um, through this podcast. And I know it'll only scratch the surface. And then I also want to add that I 100% believe that you can do this type of study on your own. However, I know this is not as straightforward as the podcast where we just go read a section of scripture and start and try to unpack it and understand it. And so this type of discovery that we're going to be going over today is revealed when you read the Bible as a whole and then start to see themes repeated that you can then tie together in your study. And I can't tell you the number of things I've read this week that are profound. I couldn't have come up on my own. I mean, I've done some study to pull all this stuff together for you. But it doesn't keep me from reading my Bible and seeking God's face on my own. So for today, just rest in the fact that while you might not have naturally, quote unquote, run into what we're studying today, you can still complete the exploration process on your own. I'm going to introduce some ideas that if you spend some more time on your own, it will make a bigger impact. And if it starts to stick with you, maybe you can use that other bite that we talk about sometimes of sharing it with others. You can sow the seed that you've received. Okay, so we see these two altars described first in the book of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 25, God tells Moses to take up an offering from the people to gather all the materials that are going to be needed to build a tabernacle. 
In verse 8, he says, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. So first of all, the tabernacle was a sanctuary, a dwelling place for the Lord. Now, this is a precursor. It's a pattern of the sanctuary of the Lord today. So what is the sanctuary of the Lord today? It's not your church. It's you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So we study the Old Testament, which is the old covenant, to see a type and a shadow or a precursor, a model of a greater reality that is revealed in the New Testament. You see what we're do, where we're going with that here? So God details this tabernacle, by the way, to the color of the thread used. And that's significant to me. This tells me that God is a God of details. And I love that. In chapter 27, you see the brazen altar described. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it starts out by saying you need to use acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad, and the altar should be square and its height should be three cubits. And it's got to have horns on the corner and he goes detail after detail and cover it with bronze that's why it's called the bronze altar or the brazen altar and he's got very specific details Um, now I'm going to be going over quite a few scriptures today and I have done you a favor by putting all of those scriptures in the show notes and that's basically I take notes for you because I'm assuming if you're a podcast listener like I am you're doing something else washing dishes driving a car getting ready in the morning something else that you're not going to jot down notes so I've taken down all of those notes for you. If you go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 185, you'll see all the scriptures I'm referencing listed out with um, a bulleted understanding of what's going on in the episode. I've got additional resources, a link to the song if you've never heard it. All of that's always every week I do this for you. And so this week it's uh, michellekneesat.com forward slash 185. But God knew exactly what he wanted. No change orders required. He was very specific. Then if you go over to Leviticus chapter 1, God details exactly what type of animal should be sacrificed on this brazen altar. And he goes into an equal amount of detail. And when I read his instructions, which I will summarize for you here, there are a few phrases that jump out at me. First of all, he says you must offer a male without defect. It must be acceptable to the Lord and it will be accepted on your behalf to make atonement for you is what he says. Now, atonement is just a fancy way of saying making amends for a wrong committed. So in this case, the wrong is the sins of the people against the Lord. And this sacrifice will make atonement for those sins. Okay. So the brazen altar was the place for burning animal sacrifices. It showed the Israelites that the first step for sinful man to approach a holy God was to be cleansed by the blood of an innocent creature. Now, last week we talked about why we needed saving and what being saved really means. So I'm going to suggest that we that we understand at this moment that we are sinners in need of atonement. If you need to go back and listen to last week's message, you can. But the brazen altar is a place of forgiveness where a male without defect acceptable to the Lord would be sacrificed in the place of the people as an atonement for their sins. Here's the thing. 
the Israelites had to perform these sacrifices year after year. There was never a complete sacrifice. It was never done. They had to continue doing it until Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came as the ultimate and last sacrifice for mankind when he offered up his life, the Lamb of God without blemish or defect. Now, Hebrews chapter 10 says it perfectly. I start in verse 1. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Okay, he's saying those sacrifices can't make you perfect. Otherwise, they would not have uh, they not have stopped being offered. Would they not have stopped being offered? Okay, so in other words, that, that uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying they're still doing the sacrifices, and if if at some point one sacrifice would have finally made the amends, we would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And then it goes on to say that we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So Jesus ended those sacrifices with his own sacrifice of his of, of himself. In verse 11, it says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered, this, this priest Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So you see the brazen altar. You see it as this foreshadowing of the completed work of Christ for us. Okay, And then Hebrews continues and he references our sins and lawless acts one more time. And here's the answer. Where these have been forgiven, these sins and lawless acts, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Okay, so you've got this uh, altar in the old covenant uh, as a foreshadowing of, a, of the new covenant, this place of forgiveness, and, um, and it's just a beautiful thing. Now, one more fun fact before we transition to the altar of incense. The Hebrew word, root for altar it means to slay or to slaughter, the sacrifice, right? And the Latin word alta means high. So an altar is a high place for sacrifice. And the altar stood raised on a mound of earth, and it was higher than its surrounding furniture. And this is a projection of Christ, our sacrifice lifted up on the cross, his altar, which stood on a hill called Golgotha. And it's such a beautiful picture of unfathomable love. Okay, now let's move into the altar of incense. So we've, we've been discussing the altar of uh, the brazen altar, this altar of forgiveness, and now this altar of incense. And the details for how to build it are in Exodus chapter 30. Again, God was even very specific about the recipe for the spices to be used. It says, he says, it shall be most holy for you and the incense that you shall make according to its composition, you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use as a perfume shall be cut off from his people. Wow. So, I mean, this is, he's got the recipe, the specific spices, and is like, hey, don't use it for perfume. It's mine. It's holy to the Lord. God is very serious about this. And the incense was a symbol of the prayers and intercession of the people 
going up to God as a sweet fragrance. Now, God wanted his dwelling to be a place where people could approach him and pray to him. It was designed from the beginning, from this first tabernacle, this type and shadow of what was going to come. So if incense is a representation of prayer and God didn't want them to use the recipe for their own use, what does that say about how God views our prayers? This altar of incense is serious business. And so is the, uh, the, the uh, business of praying. So the altar of incense then can be seen as a symbol of the prayers of God's people, as I said. And then our prayers ascend to God just as that smoke of the incense ascended in the sanctuary. The incense, by the way, was supposed to be burning at all times. And this reminds me of instructions in scripture to pray without ceasing. So in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is described as telling a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And then you've got this beautiful verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. We're straight up taught to pray without ceasing. That's what it says. So Remember, the sacrifice had already been made on the brazen altar, and then this is the only way that our prayers are pleasing to God, right? So you first you make the sacrifice, first you, you seek atonement for sin, then your prayers are pleasing to God because the sin has already been atoned for by the blood of the sacrifice. So in our case, our sin has been atoned for by the the final sacrifice of Christ, we've already talked about that, and now our prayers are pleasing to God. Do you understand that? So the altar of incense can also be seen as a picture of the intercession of Christ because the brazen altar points to Christ's death on our behalf and the altar of incense is a type of Christ's mediation on our behalf. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says that Jesus is able to save To the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Okay, so Jesus is sitting at the right hand. His sacrifice is final. He doesn't have to come and and die year after year after year. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing? He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. And so not only should our prayers be unceasing, but Christ's prayers are also unceasing on our behalf. I love that. So whereas the Old Testament, the people had this high priest interceding on their behalf. You see that the people didn't go make the sacrifice and then lift up and then burn the incense. The high priest did that. And so he was the mediator. So now we have a mediator, another type and shadow. Uh, The high priest is a type and shadow of our high priest, Jesus Christ. So we have a mediator and high priest in Jesus interceding on our behalf. Now, when you return to Hebrews chapter 10, you see that we can approach God. We can come to the altar with confidence and we can draw near to him with a sincere heart. Listen to this in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, When you go and research this on your own, you will see this. You will begin to see this picture in the old covenant being fulfilled in the new covenant. Now we're going in on our own. We... Christ is our mediator, yes, but we can approach the throne ourselves by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, 
back in verse 20, verse 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews does this beautiful, uh, you know, ties this beautiful bow on what we've learned from the Old Testament sacrifices to the final sacrifice of Christ and what all that meant, right? So sometimes you read in the Old Testament and you're like, I don't know what it means. And Hebrews does this beautiful job of saying it. Hebrews 4 says it this way. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So yes, come to the altar, the brazen altar of forgiveness. Come to the altar of incense at the foot of God's throne. Offer your sweet smelling prayers to him with confidence and hope and a sincere heart. And I pray that you will never listen to this song the same again. So what's next? Well, if you're willing to take it on, I really want you to read all about the tabernacle. Exodus 26 through 31 then you can learn about the specifics of the sacrifices and the law when you read in Leviticus. Some of you guys might get bogged down in Leviticus, but when you read it, understanding that it's a type and shadow of of the fulfillment that's going to be um, seen in the new covenant, it makes a difference. And then head over to Hebrews. If you start in chapter seven of Hebrews and read through chapter 10, you're going to see a lot of references to the old covenant and then a detailed description of the new. And I'm hoping some light bulbs will start to go off for you. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10 day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And then I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like JD from Louisiana, Patricia from Virginia, Arnella from Maryland, Deanna from Kentucky, Shannon from Louisiana, Phineas from Kenya, Hank from Alabama, and Annette from Kansas. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop. You can even print it out, stick it on your mirror somewhere. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you'll get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, I don't want you to miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, you I would really appreciate it if you leave me a written review and a star rating because it encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Maz Mag- Maggie, who wrote, Michelle's More Than a Song is refreshing, anointed way, is a refreshing, anointed way to discover truths in scripture, along with a marvelous selection of songs weekly that inspire, encourage, and help us reflect in a deeper way 
while and enjoying the song with a wonderful sound teaching in God's word and song. This is my way to truly worship. Understand more of the songs, sometimes familiar ones and sometimes new ones, and God's word, yet seemingly the right one for the week to enrich my walk and a closer journey with God that's delightful. I look forward to every week to receiving her podcast, listening to Michelle's teaching, and then going and growing further throughout the week with a bite that's just the right amount. A real blessing to listen or re-listen or go back through previous ones and get more from More Than a Song and Michelle. Thanks, Michelle, for your creative and thought-filled podcasts. Wow. Thank you for such a generous and beautiful review. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Spirit of the Living God by Meredith Andrews to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 185. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.